Well, a bit about our Parsha Vaera. How do you bring about fundamental change? How do you get to the point in history where someone like President Reagan can call out and say, Mr. Gorbachev, bring down this wall and then have it actually happen a bit later? How do you deal with a process in which there are inevitable disappointments along the way and yet hold on to your passion and your essential belief that change can one day come remaining inspired even when you're exhausted even when you've lost hope these queries concerning that process of bringing fundamental change well they're an activist's essential question but they're a question delved into as well by this Torah portion in a very fascinating way because maybe Moshe Rabbeinu is an essential social activist. At the very beginning of the Parsha, the Torah reading, God tells Moshe, who's sorry he's been chosen, to go to the people and try to inspire them. I have heard their suffering, God says, and will redeem you with an outstretched arm and deliver you from bondage. One wonders that if the people had heeded that call to rise up, if they had heard Moses, would the plagues then have been necessary? Would the people Israel have been able to convince the Pharaoh with their courage to bring change? But Moses, as you know, fails in this first attempt to bring the people along with him. The text tells us that they would not even pay attention to this activist because of kotzer ruach, the Hebrew says, which can be translated as shortness of breath. I like that image. Their suffering from oppression was so great like fish trying to survive in a polluted stream. It was all that they could do but try to stay in place while struggling to breathe. When the people fail to respond, it's then that God tells Moses to go again to Pharaoh and now speak his truth to power. But Moses too complains. What does he say about his ability? I'm, I'm circumcised lips and you can say that that was a stutter perhaps but boy it sounds like that that breath thing again that Moses may be comparing himself to the people in terms of having loss of spirit because of frustration when we don't get immediate change we can lose all hope and so God replies no you must be in the role of God to Pharaoh. What an interesting image. God tells Moses to be like God to Pharaoh. And I think it must mean that you have to keep bringing your holy message forward. If you want this real change to happen, you can't give up. Change doesn't just happen immediately. But the divine is always present 
if you bring your holy forward, then that inspiration can help you remain committed to face the challenge and bring such change. And then it seems like God makes it a little more difficult. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart and the plagues will ensue. And yet, at some point, the people will be inspired to be free. You know, the interesting thing about the plagues, as Rabbi Beth mentioned, almost all of them are environmental calamities. Rivers turning so the fish can't breathe. Weather out of control. Insects and disease. My kids weren't sure if the frogs were really a plague or not. Well, each time we're aware that there are clear and present dangers in the texts. The Pharaoh's response is a hardening of the heart. And I think that people often misinterpret that hardening heart process as if God caused it to happen. As if Pharaoh's not a choice maker. But the Torah tells us along the way that Pharaoh willfully hardens his heart. He gets used to denying the need for change. He gets used to saying no to the weak when he should have said yes to their courage. And in a monotheistic tradition, a serious monotheistic tradition, in which we believe the one God creates the potential for good and for bad, then yes, in that process, God is there too, ultimately hardening the heart. But the choice was always Pharaoh's. When it comes to admitting the reality of global warming and making the changes we know that we need to make, I worry sometimes that we're like the Israelites in Egypt. Our ruach on this issue is limited and tenuous. One period of rain and we think, ah, maybe they're wrong. Maybe the drought's over. I worry that our elected leaders who have the scientific information confirming warming right in front of them, all of them have it, are like Pharaoh, willfully hardening their hearts, so blinded by their need for power and pleasing interest groups, all the while as they know the plagues are on their way. And on their way they are. While vacationing last week, an architect friend of mine who does international projects talked to me about sea rising and said nonchalantly, you know, the city of Miami is just going to disappear. That's right. They'll have to rebuild elsewhere. That change is coming. And if one of the Arctic shelves breaks off, well, God forbid, all bets are off. So how, in the time that we have left, do we keep inspiring fundamental change? Surely the Torah tells us we have to keep bringing our holy forward to our leaders and to the people and keep witnessing that concern but that hope that change can come. This is something that our guests this Shabbat from Interfaith Power and Light are working so hard to do from every religious tradition working to renew our spirit as religious people, that we can anticipate the hardening of the heart along the way and then soften it 
You know, some of them were there this past month in Paris with a gathering of heads of state, including President Obama, trying to get the world to make a spiritual change to bless the earth, all of us together. And among the participants there is someone at the service, Reverend Canon Sally Bingham, president of the Regeneration Project. And I've asked her to share some words about what it was like to be there. Perhaps some hearts are suffering, softening on this issue. So welcome, Reverend Bingham. Thank you, Rabbi Singer, and all of you 